You're listening to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. I don't know if any of our listeners are professional wrestling fans, but I am. I have been for quite a long time, actually. I'm a fan of storytelling in general, to be honest, and, uh, you know, the athletics with professional wrestling are impressive, but if they don't mean anything, then the business of sports entertainment can't work, and I've always been very fascinated by that. If you think about it, someone like Ric Flair, these guys are playing characters for 40 years, and who else can you really say that about? So that's always been intriguing to me, and along the way, naturally, a number of WWE superstars have made the jump from the ring to Hollywood, whether it be Hulk Hogan or Rowdy Roddy Piper or The Rock, who is one of our biggest box office draws in the industry today. My guest today has made the same leap. He waited in a decade ago with movies like The Marine and 12 Rounds, but lately he's been accelerating. He's hilarious in films like Sisters and Trainwreck, and he's in a great new movie this summer from director Doug Lyman called The Wall. His name is John Cena, and we're very happy to have him. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks, man. Uh, as I said in the elevator earlier, congratulations on the uh, engagement recently. Thank you very much. You and Nikki Bella were engaged at WrestleMania this year. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I'm curious because, like, you know, you guys live a, a life, a career where reality and story bleeds in a lot together. Yes. But nevertheless, with something that intimate, a moment that intimate, did it feel weird to share it on such a massive stage like that? I was certainly nervous. Yeah. And um, I get excited every time I perform with WWE but very rarely do I get nervous and I was very nervous only because it was such a genuine moment um, and you have a stadium full of fans who oftentimes are vocal and not afraid to tell you how they feel and, <laughs> and oftentimes I'm not exactly their favorite so um, I wasn't sure how they would receive the moment and um I was very, very grateful that they uh, they understood that it was real and genuine and provided me with literally the greatest moment of my life. Yeah, I mean, I got engaged in Central Park, and I felt weird about just like the five or six people that were around <laughs> us, you know, so I can't imagine just being... It was, on the- it was really a good time, and, um, you know, I've, I've dedicated a large chunk of my life to WWE, and I consider it my home, and I consider the audience my family. Um, it was a really big moment for Nicole and I being on the same team at... Uh, the biggest stage that WWE has to offer. So, you know, partners in life and, and I guess partners in WWE. And uh, I couldn't think of a better place. And the one thing I was worried about was everybody else's opinion, but uh, I still went through with it, and I'm so glad that I did. It's a it's a memory that I'll have forever. Good. You guys have a date? Uh, that's up to the boss. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I know she's working on it. She's, yeah. she's working on it. I bet. Um, you know, I, I believe you're taking a little bit of a break away from the ring right now. Only because uh, movie companies won't they won't let you do both it's a it's an insurance risk sure and uh as much as i'm trying to change the way the game is being played sometimes i totally understand that yeah if i'm filming something and then go off and get a broken nose like i've been known to do <laughs> and come back with my nose on the side of my face um it's, it's not good for the movie so Beth that's rollins yeah no, that's <laughs> a, what, a, what an, another unbelievable fun moment but uh it's just one of those things where i deep down wish that it could work yeah but um i understand why it can't work well, that I'm still uh, interested because, like, I know how passionate you are about WWE and, and expanding the brand and everything. But do you nevertheless feel the feel the siren call? Like, do you long for the moments away at all? No, no, no. I don't. I, I love every minute of it. Uh, traveling with the brand and watching essentially the same show night after night after night still is unbelievably interesting to me. 
if you talk to any of my coworkers, I do my best to digest as much of the product as I can. And, and I love just the constant, ever-changing energy that is the live audience. I think it's like no other. It just, it literally keeps me creatively inspired. And mm-hmm. uh, you had mentioned storytelling, and I love trying my hand at telling different types of stories and, and playing the same character for essentially a decade and a half now. Uh, I've had to tell a whole lot of stories, and it never gets old. It never is not fun. I've never had a bad day at work. So I don't want, you know, like um, I, I'm I'm well aware that physically I'll be unable to compete long before uh, my heart grows cold or my brain stops working in, in a, a sports entertainment capacity. And you mentioned the live audience. A movie like The Wall, <clears throat> it's interesting to me because there is another film called Free Fire that's out this year. And both of these movies reminded me of the theater uh, largely just because of their single setting situation. Yeah. I mean, certainly they both come up with their own cinematic language to tell the story, but uh, that element made, made me think about the theater and if somebody like you would be interested in like plays or something like that, because oh. it's, you know, you, you're you halfway know, there with the WWE. I've been, um, I've been in kind of a, a risk-taking mode uh, <laughs> as far as creativity, and I think I think that's important in order to, to push creativity. I uh I really dedicated myself to learning my craft, and you had mentioned um, the Marine and Twelve Rounds. Those were those were projects I was kind of told to do, um, and and begrudgingly did them. And and I don't have any regrets about them. It just uh, I learned a lot about what what I don't want to be involved with, and and the value of getting involved with something that you're passionate about. And that's that has been the key to to sustainability for me. It's just being involved with whether it's on the, on the business side, brands that I care about, uh, on the creative side, projects that I care about, or, uh, you know, at home in WWE, just being invested in stories and being passionate in stories. It, it, um, it helps. So I don't want to say that I'll never do theater because if, if I have an opportunity to do something that, that sounds like I'm, I'm invested and I'm invested in it, why not? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about The Wall. <clears throat> uh, I l- thought this movie was awesome. I just Thank saw it the you. other night. Thank uh, you. Doug Lyman, again, is the director. Uh, but what, interestingly, it's a bit of a one-man show for Aaron Taylor Johnson. It is. He is just outstanding. Yeah, yeah. But your presence is uniquely felt throughout the film. So what I'm wondering is what made you say yes to the project to begin with? Because it was an unbelievable read. I, I You know, I had no idea of what... Uh, who who was going to direct the movie, who was going to be the co-star. I read the script in one sitting and was unbelievably moved by it and said, yes, I want to do this in any capacity. It wasn't like I read for this role and I want to do this. I read this script. I thought it was great. And I knew that I could, I knew within my skill set, I could provide a good contribution to this movie. And then the people came back who were running the joint and they said, we would like you to do this role of Sergeant Matthews. I said, no problem. Let's go. I know you've done a lot for the troops in your time as well. I mean, was that part of it as well? Uh, the like I said, I mean, the the story was just unbelievably riveting, and mm-hmm. the the fact that you get to to showcase a different take on uh, combat, one of intense psychological warfare, and certainly a movie that brings the the viewer on its own psychological ride. It's amazing. There's a psychological cat and mouse game between a sniper and sniper, but it also throws a lot of curveballs for the viewer as well. Um, it, it was an honor to be able to play an Army Ranger, but, I mean, it was it was, a, it was really cool to be part of an awesome story. 
Yeah, I went into it totally cold. I didn't even see a trailer or anything. I kind of recommend that, actually, because <clears throat> you're right. I mean, it takes you on a, on a ride, and Aaron is amazing in the film. How would you like working with Aaron? He is an unbelievable professional. He had so much to be responsible for, uh, shouldering the movie. Um, his, God, his southern accent was unreal. Uh, he did another one in Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, just a, all of his uh, remembering 90 pages of dialogue. And because uh, people may or may not know, the movie was shot in two weeks. And in 14 days, he would have to jump, uh, depending on how severe the sandstorms were, he would have to jump from scene to scene. And we would have a certain uh, schedule and then just out of the blue change it and he would just fall from piece to piece. He was flat out amazing. Like it, it was it was really awesome to watch him work. Where did you film this? In the desert. <laughs> in, this, in the undisclosed California desert in oh, the yeah. middle of hot season. Yeah. It was it was awesome. It was it was fun and I, I just uh, I just did a commercial shoot this morning with a gentleman who was a, a camera assistant on the movie said, hey, man, I remember from you, you from the wall. That was a tough one out there. And I said, well, tough one in a good way. He's like, yeah, man, I never felt so gratified after every single day. It was like you left every day just beat to crap, but you wanted to go to work the next day. And I think everybody from, from myself and Aaron and Doug to anyone on the, on the pitcher felt really uh, rewarded after like a, a hard, they felt like they put in a hard day's work. It's easy to pull away for the two weeks too, I guess, regarding your other work. It was great. I um, they they only obviously I was only needed for I think ten of the shooting days or nine of the shooting days, and in between I uh, rehearsed and hosted the ESPYS. I was able to main event Madison Square Garden, and I was able to go to uh, Tokyo on behalf of the the WWE wow. as well. So it it worked out. Fantastic. I meant to ask actually. I was trying to put it together. What was going on with WWE at the time? Like what? Like when you filmed this? What? Uh, man, that was like that was literally right around when I was filming the ESPYS. So uh, rehearsing. I, I'm I'm not sure who I was kind of in cahoots with. Maybe yeah. AJ. Okay. Yeah. During yeah. the AJ stuff. Uh, speaking of Doug Lyman, <clears throat> I had uh, first of all, how did you like working with Doug? He was amazing. He was amazing. Uh, any individual that is creative and driven, like I, um, I'm a sucker for efficiency and I'm, I'm just a sucker for like a well-oiled machine. And I also love being creative. I'm that, that weird mix of like, okay, we have to get in, get out and get on to the next one. But at the same time, we have to take time to absorb and tell a good story. Um, he he was awesome. He was unbelievably creative. He knew his vision. He knew what he wanted. He certainly knew how to get the, the best out of me, somebody who was still getting their, their feet solid in this whole thing. He knew he had a sure thing in Aaron, and he knew he only had 14 days to shoot. He never wavered. He was never stressed. He was always just crazily excited showing up you know, every day, covered in dirt when he left every day. He would get down in the dirt if he, if he needed to, to motivate you. Like He was... He was a, a wonderful leader for the film, and it obviously it shows on screen. Yeah. Uh, he's got two films this year, so he's, he's working hard as well. Uh, and speaking of him, we had John Favreau on the show last year talking about Jungle Book. And I just wanted to pick his brain about Swingers because it's one of my favorite movies, and it was celebrating a 20th anniversary at the time. Uh, you know, when I, It was a big movie for me when I was coming up, so I was just curious for you. We know you were a big WWE fan as a kid, but were you a big movie buff too? I think 
movies are the fabric of all of our lives. I think as a, I mean, ever since the the debut of the motion picture, it's been something to go do. Um, just like anything, it's I have my list of favorites, and and everyone else has their list of favorites, and for different reasons. I think with any sort of um, method of entertainment or sport, you can go as far down the rabbit hole as you want. I have a group conversation that never ends with a bunch of high school friends <laughs> where we often uh, talk back about baseball. And, and my knowledge in baseball is, is general. But I have some baseball heads who just go way down the rabbit hole and they kind of lose me. Like It could be mm-hmm. said the same for, for WWE. It could be said the same for cinema. So I think it's, it's like saying, oh, man, what do you listen to for music? I've, I definitely have a list of favorite movies. You got to give me a couple of them. Uh, I loved The Big Short uh, just recently. Mm-hmm. I love Blazing Saddles as a favorite. Um, the the entire story arc of Star Wars, even the first three, where everybody you know mm-hmm. they don't they don't enjoy. I just love the continuous good story of good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Matrix films, I loved all of them. Uh, I think they were not only cutting edge but such a wonderful look at existence. And in the same vein, I'm. Uh, I'm a huge Prometheus fan, but not like an Aliens fan. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Prometheus fan. Looking very much forward to the next one. I just saw it the other day. Uh, it's very much Prometheus 2. Ah, I love it. I love it. I'm so, <laughs> so excited. You're gonna like so it. very excited. You're going to like it. So do you have like a list of uh, filmmakers that are like on your wish list that you want to? You know, I, I think any and, – and this is the thing. It's like I've been, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately promoting The Wall, obviously. And everybody's asking me like, well, what's your dream role and who would you like to work with? I guess because I've had the the luxury of being paired with so many diverse individuals in WWE, and I've had the luxury of being in there with Hall of Famers, and I've had the luxury of being in there with people who are literally just learning their craft. And I, I find as long as there is passion, a passion can cover a, a, a lot of weak points because it's genuine. So... Everyone's always asking me, like, oh, what do you want to do next? And the response is the same. I know it when I'll read it. If I read something and I'm moved by it and I know I want to be part of it, at least I'm invested even before I get the job. And then on top of that, if, I, if I'm if i fortunate enough to work with a Hall of Fame team, that's great. I just did The Wall with, with Doug Lyman, but simultaneously right now I'm, I'm filming uh, The Pact with Kay Cannon, a first-time director. Mm-hmm. But she loves the movie so much. So do I, and so does everybody in it. So it's a it's a different process, but a wonderful process because everybody steps on a set, want to make a good project. Mm-hmm. As long as I can get that vibe, man, it doesn't you know that's that's a, me- a good method for success. Yeah, you've also got uh, later this year, Blue Skies. Uh, yeah, Ferdinand. so excited about You're that. Voicing the lead in that, uh, that's got to be just cush work, right? To show up and I mean, you know, not, I don't mean to diminish you, it. You no, know, no, you know, you say that. Uh, <laughs> The deal with the VO stuff, and, and Blue Sky knows what they're doing. They did Ice Age and they did Rio. They won't let you VO for more than four hours because they think your voice deviates. So they, they truly know what they're doing. They want to get you in blocks of maybe three or four days at a time, not to wear you out too much. But it is, you you get out of it what you put into it. Um, Carlos, who's directing the picture, is awesome. He is an animator, like a pure animator. When he's in the booth, he's so animated and like... <laughs> He's another one who just closes his eyes and can see the movie while you're reading and then knows when he sees the read that he needs for the animation because he already has a great idea on the animation. He's like, all right, we're good. Go ahead. Move on. Like it's I, – I don't want to – I mean you are in a studio. It's kind of like we're doing here in a podcast. 
but like this is work. I mean, you have to you have to do your research, you have to do your homework, you have mm-hmm. to you have to actually produce the thing and make it. Like I'm and and I'm I'm very excited for Ferdinand, obviously, because when you can do a cool project, that's one thing. When you can send a good message at the same time, that's another. And I've tried so hard through all the the back and forth with the audience and the WWE to maintain my integrity. I think that's very important because when you send a message of like, it doesn't matter what other people think as long as you're comfortable in your own skin, mm-hmm. you have to be comfortable in your own skin and you can't change when people are asking you to change. You're like, no, this is me. Like it or not, this is me. Mm-hmm. And the ethos of Ferdinand is very much, it's it's okay if you're different. And it's it just is a wonderful ride and a wonderful movie and I was so very fortunate to be a part of it. I can't wait for it. You probably have to wait a while before you can really get some feedback on something like that, right? Because you have to, before you can sit down and see the movie, see something. I've from seen the movie. pieces, have and, and the great stuff? thing about animation is you can see it in stages. Mm-hmm. And and I never lost, I never lost that crazy imagination that I had as a kid. So even when they show like animated storyboards, which are legit bare bones sketches, you can see it. You mm-hmm. can see it, and then it comes to life more and more and more. So I've seen the movie just in really rough form. Mm-hmm. Um, which helps you develop the voice and the mannerisms and all that, and then you see a few finished scenes, and man, it's it's pretty special. Cool. Well, that's later this year. Uh, speaking of voice work, uh, I, I saw this thing. You were channeling your best Gordon Soley <laughs> on Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Dude, so happy with Southpaw. <clears throat> Let me explain what that is to some people who might not know. You should check it out. It's on YouTube, Southpaw Regional Wrestling. It's a number of WWE superstars, and they're playing like – characters from a, a 1987 regional wrestling outfit and i grew up in north carolina so you know watching smoky mountain and nwa and everything so it was right in my wheelhouse and you guys were cracking me up it's like a long lost vhs kind yes. of thing yeah uh so go check that out but uh first talk to me about that first of all like just being able to cut up with the boys like that because it's interesting they that kind of creative outlet wasn't always there and things like the wwe network and digital media allows you guys to to do something like that it used to be like you'd show up at the norfolk scope or sportatorium or whatever and then you'd drive to the next one and that was the job but with this kind of thing you can really expand the world of sports entertainment in a way that is uh that is a hundred percent uh because of our wwe universe as we call our our audience just clamors for content we are one of the highest socially active programs on television we have global outreach. Um, our, our YouTube is one of the our YouTube channel is one of the very few that is like Diamond Play on YouTube, so it has the highest rating as far as user approval and consistent content. And Southpaw is a YouTube series of digital shorts, only about five minutes a piece, and it's amazing because it captures everything of that era, but we never show any wrestling, right? And it's so great, and it just goes to show, like you said, how far sports entertainment. Uh, has come because the sports entertainment of your, the old WWF or the WWE attitude era, or even when I, you know, when I started coming in as a, as a newer generation post attitude era, um, you very much focus on your brand and only your brand. Like you are okay. John Cena character is this. And I remember, you know, being the hip hop guy, like dressed hip hop, made an album, made videos, like freestyle people in the parking lot. And you, you have to, it's very much, like constant method acting. Mm-hmm. And and that was me. I love hip hop culture. I love that like 
80s, 90s boom bap culture. But at the same time, that's not all me. You know, I also love to tell jokes. You know, I, I if you get me in, in the right scenario, I'm, I'm pretty decent with my hands in a fight. Like there's <laughs> there's certain facets of your personality, but because you have to identify with the audience, you try to showcase the, the one that will resonate the most. And in my case, the fact that I've been on TV for 15 years, I've been, my life has been an open book to these people. Mm-hmm. So now I'm at the point where I really have a lot of fun and, and I like to to mess around with stuff like that. And YouTube is a great outlet to do digital shorts, to do um, just fun videos. We did one on the, the Bella's YouTube channel celebrating half a million subscribers where we got naked. Nicole and I got naked. Yeah, and it truly <laughs> was just a, just a funny video where I was the butt of the joke, pun intended, <laughs> and I'm looking like an idiot, but it, everybody had a good laugh about it. And it was, it was a great way to tell the subscribers, hey, thank you for your support. Yeah. So Southpaw was, was awesome because you get, once again, to create a new character. And I, I like you, was a fan of um, uh, Gordon Soley. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I tried to get a little bit of, uh, even, even thinking of the name, like Lance Russell came to mind, and I tried to get a commentary name that would sound like Lance Russell, but not like Lance Russell, it almost sound like Ron Burgundy. And I remember passing the Catamaran Hotel in San Diego, <laughs> going, Lance Catamaran, holy, holy shit, that's it, it's Lance Catamaran. He's, it sounds like a sailboat. It's distinguished. Like he's Lance Catamaran. So then you could, you used you, to work in Utica, New York. It, exactly. And then you, cause, and the reason I chose Utica was because Ithaca college has a wonderful broadcast program. And like, nobody tells you this, but once again, you, you get out of it, what you put into it. And that's what, that's what is fun about the creative environment. And it was a hit. And I think there's a, a great core audience in the WWE that looks for stuff like that. Yes, they like to see heated rivalries and they love that good versus evil story, but they also have a sense of humor, the human beings. Mm-hmm. And we are essentially laughing at the industry. We yeah. are parodying the industry the it way up. it was. Yeah. And people enjoy it. And I think, you know, here we are 30 years removed from that era, more, and, and we can now look back and, and laugh at the way things done, things were done and especially the the small-time promotions trying to keep up with, quote-unquote, New York when Vince was doing crazy global stuff and and everyone else was, was falling by the wayside. And it's just their crazy last-ditch attempts to try to to, to keep up with the, the front runner. It was, it was really fun. And there's, there's more on the way, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Gallows kills me in that stuff, He man. is, bro, I have seen... <laughs> Tex Ferguson unleashed. <laughs> Be on the lookout for more Tex Ferguson. Like Magnum, he is a Magnum superstar. On he steroids. is just a superstar man. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's other things on the way from Netflix. There's a show called Glow about women's wrestling. Yeah. There's uh, you know, Vince has a, a biopic that the works. script is amazing. Yeah, that was one that I read in one sitting and was like, man, I need to be part of this movie. Well, it's what what it makes me think about is like I was mentioning, like the opportunity to tell the story behind sports entertainment it's which a used wonderful, to be faux pas you know like it was, it, 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 but then again you do the, the 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 brand itself man it's 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 in it's it's old they do a football life now they do mm-hmm. uh stories about the superstars like the, every industry that has a run like we have had you get to a point where it's okay to look back mm-hmm. and we are there now we yeah. are absolutely there we have been through generations of leading individuals, so to say, Hogan, Austin, The Rock, myself, now Roman Reigns. Like, 
it's okay to now look back. They're doing an awesome biopic on Andre. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see. You know, like that's what a wonderful story that is. Bill Simmons has a documentary too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing to to find out the story behind the story, and it's not. It doesn't hurt the product in the ring because it's not about the current people in the ring. Yeah. If anything, it raises the mystique about like what actually goes on and what we do. Yeah. What did you think of Mickey Rourke's film? The rest I thought of it was, I thought it was wonderful, and everybody asked me about that like so cautiously. Like, hey, what did you think of the wrestler? <laughs> I loved it because I thought the film could have been called The Ball Player, The Rock Star. It could have been called anything. The story was about the life mm-hmm. and a guy who was so entrenched in the life he can't let go, and that that happened a lot to '80s superstars. You get caught up in this whirlwind, and it is man. It's like and this is just for us. You, you 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 leave on Friday, you get back Tuesday. You leave on Friday again, you get back Tuesday. And it's constant, like, you just get institutionalized. And for the guys in the 80s, it was even more. They had, you know, sometimes double shots. You do a show at 11, you do a show at 7. You're gone for 41 days, and you're home for 10. Then you're gone for another 41. Like, that is a lifestyle, man. It happens in entertainment all the time. It happens in athletics all the time. Watch ESPN's Broke, if you don't believe me. Like... That sort of lifestyle, the the documentary on John Daly, the 30 for 30 on John Daly, where he's just like signing autographs outside of a Marriott, like Mm -hmm. that's, it happens. And I thought they took our genre and used it so wonderful. And man, what a wonderful performance Mickey did. And just, it it, it was real, man. It was a great depiction of how somebody can't get rid of the rush and they still want that one last try, even though it, it's gone. You know, it's gone. Yeah. That lifestyle you talk about, I mean, do you think that's why – I think about this often. So many superstars, wrestling superstars, their lives have ended tragi- tragically. And, you know, I think of somebody like you who has, you know, kept it straight and even. Uh, but then a guy like Sting who has been around since the 80s yeah. and, and never got caught up in anything that left him like that. Is that why you think – that has happened for a number of superstars because of the lifestyle. I think it, it all comes down to personal choice. You, you look at choices in the entertainment industry. There are, there are great entertainers that we lose too soon. Yeah. And it all, beca- it all comes down to personal choice. So it's not necessarily, it's not the life. I mean, there are, there's a lot of guys who did all those dates on the road and they're just fine. And then sure. there are a lot of guys who lived like there was no tomorrow. And guess what? When you do that, there is no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff catches up with you. That's just plain and simple. So it's like I said, I don't think it's regulated to a certain profession. What I admire about the WWE nowadays is even though the way we are set up as independent contractors, they take care of us as if we are family. They offer financial assistance. They offer uh, on-site health care. If you get injured, we get injury pay now. They offer secondary education. They offer second language programs. Like the depth that they go to make sure that we are protected is they don't need to do that mm-hmm. and they do it anyway. It's, it's, um, it's a, it's a great testament to how much they care about their current talent and talent of, of life after, you know, after the business. And they had to build to a point where they were big enough to be able to do yeah, that. And that's too, the certainly. thing you got to remember they're, they're doing this and all the while they're running a business Yeah, and, and the eighties was like the infancy of it all. So you're, <clears throat> you don't even know which way is up. You don't even know, if closed circuit is going to work out and then it becomes pay-per-view and then like, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It, it all is just, it was, it's a crazy ride, which makes 
the pandemonium script, the Vince script that you referenced, just all that more interesting. I can't wait to see that. Man, that I can't wait to see I don't want, you, want to get you in hot water with him, but who do you think should play Vince McMahon? Man, I don't want to get myself <laughs> in hot water with him, but I would love to. Yeah? I would love to. Only kind of like if I just glanced at you right now, you, you, you've got you, you – <laughs> I just – got uh, the look. I, I, I love the story. The words jump off the page. Uh, I certainly know and admire the man. He's literally one of my heroes. He's a friend, a father, a mentor. Um, whoever does that, they have, they have a wonderfully crafted challenge in front of them because he is one of a kind. He is one of a kind. I have a suggestion. I don't know if he'd be too volatile to work with, but Tom Hardy – I think that would be a fantastic be choice. I think it'd be a fantastic choice. Float that by the boss. No, I, well, I, I don't know if I don't know if he has final say. I think the people making the movie do, but like that, I, that's a brilliant choice. It just it's it, he Vince is just so unique, man. I can't I can't wait to see the movie. They yeah. already they already have my ticket money. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do I have here. Oh, you know, would you would you be interested in like putting on a suit and being in a position like Triple H is? Like, would you yeah. want to? So your level, your com- level of commitment to the business is on that level. Like you, know, you, you don't understand. There's, a, it, it is a business of creativity, and I'm wearing a suit right now because I'm comfortable in a suit. Like everybody's like, I ah, dress casual. This is my casual, so I don't mind being in a suit. Uh, I have more of a Vince style than I do a Triple H style. Yeah. Um, but you get to be creative. What what Triple H has done with NXT, he literally has created another functioning brand for the company. Yeah. That is awesome like it i i tell them all the time i'm fascinated by the growth and development it's amazing that we can run two functional brands and now we legit have a third that we can set up in a town for one of our big four pay-per-views and sell out five days in a row that's unheard of yeah in the lot in the in the in the ticket tearing business that's unheard of and people flock to the network to 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 watch nxt and they know these superstars before they even debut on our television which is a testament to how much they watch the product it's um, I would love to do something like that, and I, I don't mean in, in that even major of a capacity. I live very close to the Performance Center in Orlando. I would love to just go there every day and and give advice. I got all these secrets, and it's the crazy thing about entertainment is it's a chicken soup business. There's a million different ways <laughs> to make it, but it, it's all chicken soup in the end. So I I love going to the Performance Center every once in a while and just giving a way left field look of like. I know you're being told this by your coaches. I'll drop like some weird fortune cookie moments on them and then just about face and leave and everybody's scratching their head going, what just happened? So I, I like that too, man. Like it's, you don't have to be in charge of the creativity to be around the creativity. And I, I just love the, the creativity of the business. So you're in it for that long haul? We're not like witnessing you transition. They, they would have to tell me that they, they don't need me anymore. And trust yeah. me, after 15 years of service, if they tell me that, I walk away with a, a stern handshake, a genuine smile, and a, and a heartfelt thank you because I've overstayed my welcome in some <laughs> aspects. Like I, I, This is a dream ride for me, but it's not like I'm getting into the other gig so I can leave one behind. W, yeah. le, WWE is legit my home. I consider them my family. Uh, I have such a very close connection with all the people that are responsible for the brand. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never think of that. I'm, I'm very, I have a good perspective of it. So if they say, Hey kid, it's over, that's fine. But until they say that, I would like to think that I would, I could contribute in some capacity. Last question for you. It's kind of a two-parter and it's, 
it's a cheap question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's your greatest match? What's the greatest match you've ever seen? Uh, the questions are, what's my greatest match mm-hmm. and what's the greatest match I've ever seen? Yeah. The answer to the greatest match question is always the same. It's my next one because that means I can continue doing what I love. Greatest moment is obviously when Nicole said she would marry me in front of uh, 75,000. Well, that's greatest moment. You in the Citrus Bowl. Give me a match. Greatest match is the next one, by far. Greatest match you've ever seen. Greatest match I've ever seen. Hmm. Undertaker Shawn Michaels, the first time. First time. WrestleMania. And is that I, the one most people consider the better of the two? or is That's the, the one, one I had to follow. <laughs> yeah, and okay. I remember sitting in the gorilla position with Big Show and Edge with the triple threat at the time. Yeah. And they just went out and crafted a masterpiece, yeah. an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. And I remember Big Show being so nervous, and and and, and uh, Edge was a little bit upside down because they kept. I mean, they, those guys took their time, and they kept taking time from us because I think there was only one match after us. Right. So so we didn't have. It's like doing a long skit on SNL. Mm-hmm. All the other skits have to go short. Some skits get cut, um, and and we got cut a little bit. And I just, I knew in my heart we were going to be fine. And there's an iconic moment where I lift up both uh, Adam and Paul, uh, Big Show and, and Edge. And that's all anyone remembers. Um, but that's, they remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I just remember the feeling of watching this going, this is the best match I've ever seen. This is the best match I've ever seen. <laughs> Shit, I have to follow this. <laughs> like it was, it was an awesome yet such a nervous feeling. But you know, the, the show went on as it always does. Yeah, that one is amazing. Well, check out the movie, everyone. It's called The Wall. It comes out uh, May 12th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is tomorrow when this airs. Yes, it is. And uh, Ferdinand is later this year. So check that Ferdinand's out. Ferdinand later this year. I'm in a, a cool, unique uh, offering from the Andy Sandberg group called Tour de Pharmacy. That's going to be his follow-up to Seven Days in Hell. Cool cast. Very funny. Uh, I snuck into the sequel of Daddy's Home, uh, Daddy's Home 2. That's going to be out right before Ferdinand in November. And you can certainly find me back in the squared circle as soon as they turn me loose from the pact in Atlanta. So yeah, you're just hitting the gas in the movie business, man. So I, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I can offer. I'll, I'll find out script by script where where I can contribute to to projects here and there. But I do know that if I get invested in something, I'm I'm going to work hard. And uh, I don't know any other way. And I'm I'm happy to be able to do that in, in more than one avenue of entertainment. I've pretty much got all your scenes from Sisters memorized, so more of that, as far as I'm concerned, would be hilarious. Anyway, his name's John Cena. Thank you again, John, for coming on the show. Thanks, man.